Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> Happy New Year from our nation's capital. It is Tuesday, January 4, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 350 of the Biden-Harris administration, 308 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And look, sitting right over there, it's TV's Buzz Burbank. Yeah. Buzz Burbank. There he is. You've said it all. Hi. Hi. Hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. It's great to be back. Yes. Uh, he, of course, uh, just to refresh, uh, he's Bob. Mm-hmm. I'm Buzz, and we're a little down today. Uh, we've just been fired as Andy Cohen's bartenders. So <laughs> we just handed him the bottle. That's Never all. overserve Andy Cohen, that's for sure. And Andy got stinking drunk on uh, CNN's New Year's Eve show, yeah. uh, and there'll be more about that tonight on Anderson Cooper.08. <laughs> But oh man, uh, the, the the great reviews keep yeah. pouring in for our big New Year's show. Yeah. Also, I understand it's just been nominated for best all white cast since Friends. <laughs> okay, we deserve that. <laughs> yeah, I think we so. totally deserve that one. Ouch! But you know, <laughs> wow. The, and uh, speaking of ouch, uh, this COVID is just you know it's back. It's, mm-hmm. it's horrible. It's twenty two, and we're still in the pandemic. Yeah. I, I'm afraid to go anywhere, uh, touch anybody. <laughs> Remember playing cooties as a kid? Yeah. Remember when that was fun and not our actual lives? Remember that? (laughs) Yes, very well. Uh, The bad news, of course, down here in Florida is uh, the bad news is Governor Ron DeSantis went into hiding uh, during this latest COVID surge. Mm -hmm. Uh, The good news is no one's gone looking for him. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna be okay. Stay hidden, please. Uh, A new survey shows that more people than ever this year believe in the Christmas miracle. Which is, of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene off Twitter. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and and here it is, Bob. Here it is, 2022. Uh-huh. And Louis DeJoy still writing 2021 on all our mail. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do this one again. I love it, right? She is. She is the mayor of Crazy Bill. Mm-hmm. 
no longer available on Twitter. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. There she goes. Yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Marjorie Three Toes, as we like to call her on the show, was oh, kicked off of Twitter for being a threat to society. I love how Lawrence O'Donnell frames this shit. When one of these guys gets kicked <laughs> off of Twitter, it's because they're a threat to society. And you know why that's, right. that's so perfect? Because that's exactly why they were kicked it's off. It's absolutely of true. It's, ex- it's absolutely true. And and as we all agree, it should have been sooner. But what is it? The fifth strike rule they have in yeah. Twitter? Yeah, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's that time of year. It's January, so that means uh, assholes and fascists get kicked off of Twitter. That's what happens every January now, I guess, keeping up the trend. It's like our white sale. Well, uh, now everyone's freaking out. The Republicans are freaking out over this. They want to regulate. They want to crush a uh, publicly traded corporation, Twitter. Uh, which of course is so hypocritical well, because this keep is the them busy while we're restoring democracy. That's right. This is the small government party, and what they're calling for is more government regulation of social media. Exactly. Why? Because social media was mean to Donald Trump and mean right. to Marjorie Taylor Greene and some of these other bastards. So, of course, the Republican plank on corporate regulation is. Corporations that dump carcinogenic pollution into streams, rivers, ocean, air, drinking water, aquifers, etc. That's freedom. But corporations that ban assholes and propagandists from social media hang the bastards. (laughs) We need to keep pointing out that hypocrisy over and over again and louder and louder and more on television uh, and more on social media and any place people can be found. Uh, This is this is the very hypocrisy of them. And at the same time, we need to Mm -hmm. continue to sell what we're doing uh i think i think we need both of those things well look ultimately no one is forced to participate in social media but if you decide voluntarily to go on to twitter or facebook or tiktok or instagram or whatever when you sign up you're agreeing to their terms of service irrespective of whether you read those terms of services or not right so what happens is you sign up voluntarily well, you also agree to the rules voluntarily. Don't Correct. get pissy when suddenly they apply the rules to you. That's not on the how it on works. the fifth strike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. And we can debate whether five strikes is appropriate <laughs> or not. I seem to think that it's not. I think it's I think not. three strikes. I think is much more appropriate. That, that, even cases. that might be excessive. But yes, I, I you know yeah, it's, it goes back to me every time that that. Uh, anytime you're endangering the public, it, uh, yeah. again, I, I can't help but liken it to yelling fire in a theater, in a crowded theater when there is no fire. Right. Uh, you are endangering the public by lying mm-hmm. uh, loudly and publicly like that. Yeah. And yeah. Th- what they're doing on social media is exactly the same thing. They're endangering the public by loudly lying. That must be immediately punished. Yeah. Well, the entire theme of the new modern Republican Party, the the Trump Republican Party is victimhood. They're all about being victims and and wallowing in their victimhood. And so things like this uh, fuel that resentment. It fuels the grievances that are driving Republican politics these days. Anything sets them off. They're they're snowflakes. And and that's the part I think we can disregard is is Mm. how uh, how hurt or not their feelings are. Uh, Just keep pointing out the hypocrisy. Keep pointing out the lies. Keep pointing out what Democrats have accomplished and uh, help people understand the importance of voting Mm -hmm. as we continue our fight in Washington for voting rights. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the meantime, uh, welcome to 2022. Uh, Uh If you missed our New Year's Eve show, uh, (laughs) you you missed missed a a lot. lot. Absolutely. So if you have time, if you haven't listened to it yet, add it to your rotation. Add it to your commute as you drive. It's still fun if you listen to it after New Year's Eve. Suffice to say, you don't have to be listening to it on New Year's Eve to enjoy the show i mean there were oh no it's a good show yeah yeah how many of us were there there were like nine of us in the room nine all people, at the same time yeah nine people at six locations in the united states across yeah. the country so it was really a great technological achievement we mm-hmm. were from what uh, the carolinas from florida from yeah. washington dc from los angeles uh you know michigan you know everywhere uh and and it was just great to be able to connect with all those wonderful people and we had a great time uh, we laughed a lot we talked about uh, our feelings and about thing about things going on yeah and uh it was just an excellent excellent show 
It was kind of like an Avengers movie after several standalone superhero movies. You know, you have Iron Man and Thor and Captain America and Hulk. Oh, and then suddenly there's an Avengers movie where all of those characters come together into one piece. And that's what what we like to do every New Year's Eve. It's chaotic. It's fun. Uh, We we spent a lot of time talking about uh, the new movie Don't Look Up, which is the uh, new Adam McKay movie, uh, which you're going to hear references to on this show in perpetuity mm-hmm. from now mm-hmm. on because right. I really loved that movie. And you know what? It's not one of those movies that you embrace because of the quality filmmaking or the performances, which, you know, that's there too. I mean, it's a, a well-made movie. Adam McKay is one of the best working these days. Um, and the cast was exceptional. There's a huge A-list cast. But the thing that carries this movie is the idea of it, the balls of it, to tell the American people, all of us, whether we're liberals, conservatives, Republicans, Democrats, or what have you, to let us all know that we're all doing it wrong. On some level, we're all engaged in this distracting meme culture when something happens. And, you know, uh, we mentioned it on the New Year's Eve show, but one of the examples of what I'm talking about is that everyone was kind of focused, at least those of us on the left, uh, on political Twitter especially. A lot of us were focused on the fact that David Sirota came up with uh, one of the sparks for the concept of the movie, where he mm-hmm. basically he was uh, having a phone conversation with Adam McKay. David Sirota says to Adam McKay, hey, you know what, if there was an asteroid coming to Earth, and he said asteroid in the, in the movie, it's a comet, but he right. said, well, you know, if there was an asteroid coming to Earth, no one would give a shit. Everyone would ignore it, or they'd become distracted by something tangential to the fact that the asteroid was coming to Earth. And that was the extent of his involvement, but what was happening was, In reaction to the movie, everyone was going, well, I turned it off after the first few minutes because I saw that David Sirota was involved. And it actually proved the point of the movie, which is you're getting distracted by this minutia and missing the larger message of the movie, which is that we got to pay better attention to this existential crisis called the climate crisis. If you're focused on Sirota, you're missing the message about missing the message. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you're kind of proving the point. I saw criticisms of Adam McKay as well. It doesn't matter who made this film. It really doesn't because the film speaks for itself. Yes, it does. Uh, I did not particularly like it the first time I watched it. Hmm. I watched it again, and I liked it quite a lot. In fact, I'm now very much looking forward to a third viewing with some other friends. Um, Interesting. You know, I, I, it, it, it means more to me each time. Uh, were there things that could have could have been more subtle? You, you, know, you know, you could make these kinds of arguments. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It, the movie yeah. exists, and it does what it does, and it does it well. So, you know, leave all of that other alone, uh, and don't allow yourself to be distracted from a message, a movie, about being distracted. What was it uh, about the movie that you didn't like the first time through? Too too broad. Too, yeah. too, I thought it was too wacky. I knew, I knew that uh, uh, Meryl Streep was Donald Trump, and I knew that... Uh, uh, you know, I knew that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was Dr. Fauci. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Don J- Donald Trump Jr. was represented in mm-hmm. Jonah Hill. Yes. Uh, you know, so those things were were obvious. Uh, and and you know, I recognized that, but it just seemed too silly, too over the top on first viewing. Yeah. Uh, but I listened to people's discussion of it. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I haven't been fair to this movie because mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to like it. I knew what it was about. I knew, you know, uh, so I watched it again and I went, wow, you know, that's, and I picked up some things that I didn't necessarily uh, notice as much the first time or appreciate as much the first time. And I'm not a guy who watches a movie more than once. I kind of have a rule about that. I watch a movie, unlike you and, and a lot of our <laughs> listeners, I watch a movie once yeah. and then I move on to another movie. Mm-hmm. I watch a TV show or a TV episode once and then I move on to another. Uh, there's just so much to consume of quality that there isn't time in, in my schedule, anyway, mm-hmm. to, to, to see something more than once. Yeah. Uh, unless it's like playing in the background while you're doing something else. But I'm totally focused on what I'm watching when I'm watching it. So it's extremely unusual for me to watch. And now I'm looking forward to a third viewing. I uh, enjoyed it immediately. And this is only because, uh, obviously, I appreciated the filmmaking. I appreciated the cast, as I was saying before. 
the thing that grabbed me right away, right out of the shoot, was uh, Jennifer Lawrence and then later Leonardo DiCaprio screaming into the camera, we're all going to die! Can't you see? And and the thing that grabbed me about that is I felt like that. And Uh, in fact, I still feel like that. And it's not about necessarily the climate crisis. It's about democracy. That's how I feel. I I feel like COVID. Yeah. It's it's, about democracy. It's about COVID. It's about the climate crisis. It's about our culture. As you said, of focusing on memes and minutia. Uh, and uh, in my case, Andy Cohen, instead of, you know, well, I got to do jokes. So. <laughs> right. Well, but, you got you got to write monologue but, jokes. But, yeah. but those are the kinds of things that d- distract us mm-hmm. uh, a- from the real issues, from, you know, uh, a- a- even a Republican angst uh, about one thing or another is a distraction for the work we have to do, which yeah. is discredit them save democracy and tout our achievements. Yeah. Well, at the same time, for the last five, six years, I've been screaming that. I've been screaming, yes, democracy yes. is going to die. Yes, can't yes, we? Yes. Can't you see that? And I find myself yelling that, uh, especially in the context of people like Ryan Knight and some of the shit posters like uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy Dore and some of these guys who are so wrapped up in whatever their little fiefdom is, whatever their little uh, brand is on podcasting or social media, that they lose sight of the larger priority here, which is that, yeah, look, it's all well and good to fight for free college education and Medicare for all and all these things, but we're we're losing our democracy. You're not going to have any of that shit if suddenly fascism rises up in this country and all of you people are arrested because you're targeted as dissidents. What I would say to those folks is we can paint and paper the house later. Right now, let's put out a fire that's consuming it. Yes, exactly right. Well, uh, obviously, this is something else that we're going to be coming back to. Don't look up. I think the whole phrase "Don't look up" is becoming a, a meme already on social media. Oh, yeah. Kimberly's Absolutely. been using that. Yeah, all, all kinds of applications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I want to talk about this. This isn't necessarily politics, but right out of the shoot, I don't know if you're aware of the insanity on I-95 right now in Virginia <laughs> yes. uh, through the Fredericksburg area, which is about. I would say about 45 minutes to an hour south of Washington, D.C., on down 95. And uh, I have been stuck in traffic on that stretch of highway more times than I can even count. My mom lives down that way, so whenever we go and visit her, we have two choices. We either go the back way, which is a lot of you know two-lane country roads, or we go what would seemingly be the faster way, which is just shoot right down 95 toward uh, Richmond. The, the problem is that once uh, the easy pass lanes spill out into the regular lanes right before Fredericksburg, everything bottlenecks right there. Right. And so uh, the other night we got a bunch of snow, uh, not uh-huh. this past night, but the night before. And uh, there was a <laughs> an accident involving six tractor trailers. Ugh. And it stopped traffic northbound and southbound on 95. I believe northbound, and I could be wrong in this, but I believe northbound started to move a couple of hours ago. Uh, southbound is still dead stopped after 15 to 19 hours of being in that yeah. blockage. It's unfucking Just believable. Try- Try to hold your bladder for that long. Yeah. Goes. Yeah. I mean, they're, uh, yeah. They're, and, and it's not just a local story, uh, as it might seem to some listeners. Uh, I-95 is a major artery that yeah. runs from, I don't know, like Miami to the North Pole. <laughs> and and it, it touches every major city mm-hmm. all along the eastern seaboard right. all the way down. And so it's a vital artery for people uh, traveling up and down the East Coast, uh, not just the folks in in Washington. Uh, my wife, in one year after a, a big snow, maybe eight inches, I, you guys had close to six maybe. Yeah. Uh, one year in like an eight-inch snow, my wife spent eight hours trying to get home from work. Jesus Christ. Eight hours yeah. in the car. And, you know, bless her heart, she's patient. She was okay with it, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah. I would have been, I would have been, my head would have been, would have been exploding at that point. I mean, I've been stuck in traffic at that stretch, the Fredericksburg stretch of 95. I've been stuck down there for, I don't know, half an hour in slow moving, if not standstill traffic. 16, 17 hours in that. Right. I, I mean, right. what's happening if you're diabetic or you've got right. children in the car? I was reading right. uh, someone else, uh, um, had dogs in the car with them, and they had to get out 
on the highway, walk the dogs up and down the highway between the cars mm-hmm. because everything's uh, stopped. Uh, Joe Scarborough, uh, a couple of minutes before we started the show, tweeted, from a friend stranded on I-95 in Virginia for 20 hours, mm-hmm. quote, we have to find a way to get National Guard here, diabetics and babies down here. People are going to die here. Certainly the accident was a problem. A shortage of, of manpower, of people power, is yeah, also yeah. a problem. And uh, the COVID epidemic has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, snow, we're short on snowplow operators right yeah. now yeah. because of the pandemic. Um, we're short on everything, and I would assume that would include some emergency workers, especially over the holidays, especially uh, in the midst of this latest incredible surge of the pandemic yeah and i think power is out in a large swath of virginia starting around charlottesville and cutting eastward right through the central part of virginia right through that area of fredericksburg so now in addition to the uh, completely stopped traffic for now 20 hours there's also no power so you get to maybe you pull off you get to a hotel there's no power at the hotel it's not his state, of course, but as soon as uh, Ted Cruz heard this, he left for Cancun. <laughs> well, look, I mean, this is something that we've joked about for as long as I can remember when it comes to the D.C. area. And whenever there's any sort of precipitation, whether it's rain, snow or in between, people lose their spadoinkle. Right. People can't drive as soon as, uh, you know, Geronimo used to say you spit on the road and everyone starts to slow down D- and DC, careen off. Of the- D.C. is especially bad. Yeah. Uh it is uncommon. Not an, it is not uncommon for people to abandon their cars along the highway, even in lanes of traffic, yeah. with even the lightest snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everyone in D.C. is from this country originally, and, <laughs> yeah. and not every and not because it's so transient. Not everyone in D.C. is used to snow. Right. Uh, they're from perhaps a part of the country that didn't have it, or didn't mm-hmm. have much of it, or didn't have that much of it. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, people do absolutely freak out. Probably there more than any place I've lived. I've lived just about everywhere in the U.S. Oh, God, God. I, you know, look, I uh, am extremely privileged insofar as I don't have to commute to work anymore. But right. I I remember the glory days. I remember living in, in Pennsylvania and having to commute to Philadelphia every day, sitting in that traffic. And when uh, it would snow or rain, it was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. And Scraping I frost from yeah. inside your car windows <laughs> and and. Yeah. and scratching the uh the sun filter in the process yeah so yeah yeah, if you're if you're hearing my voice and you're in that uh, traffic still i'm so sorry i feel your pain it's got to be just one of the worst nightmares ever to be stuck in your car and not moving for 20 hours you have to sleep in your car find water food a bathroom (laughs) we'll uh we'll try to be extra entertaining and not talk about those things while you're there yeah exactly right so yeah so we're going to ignore that it happened <laughs> all right well so we you know what we've got a lot of good news got a look i mean for yes, the first true. show of 22 i mean a copious amount of good news to talk about today it's crazy uh, yeah i guess we can start with uh new york ag letitia james subpoenaing uh ivanka trump and don jr as part of her uh civil tax fraud investigation of the trump organization uh they've refused to comply of course buzz with the subpoenas the uh, ag's office previously subpoenaed Trump for testimony on January 7th deadline. Yeah. Let me let me clarify a, a couple of things and also as usual at this juncture it is my duty to address the whiners among us. <laughs> uh, uh first of all they they haven't officially technically refused to comply for what it's worth if you want to know the facts. Mm-hmm. Uh they have uh, filed a motion to quash the subpoena. Now obviously that's a delay tactic. You're absolutely right to be upset about that, but this was anticipated and it is part of the process. Uh, the filing a motion to quash the subpoena is the right of every American. And I address that to those of you who say, well, I was subpoenaed. And if I had, you know, no, shut up. If you had had a lawyer who asked for a motion to quash the subpoena, you would have at least been able to buy some time. Mm-hmm. And that's what Trump is doing in this case. So, again, not exactly a refusal to cooperate. It's a motion to quash. Now, it's a refusal to cooperate in the sense that they're delaying this for as long as possible. But uh, ultimately, the rhythm is going to get them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and and the, the other thing that, I, that I'm seeing a lot of whining about, why aren't they arrested? If I defied, I would be arrested. It, it, because this is a civil investigation, not a criminal investigation. Yeah. And it's valuable because it can incriminate them either way. Whether they refuse to talk or they agree to talk, it's nothing but trouble for the Trumps. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a very, very good development. So when Bob says this is a good development, it's a good development. <laughs> That's right. And I, I agree with both of the things that you uh, just explained there, Buzz. And, and yeah, some people are doing some unnecessary whining. Stop whining. Yes, thank you. As usual. At the same time, though, these guys, the Trumps, have a, uh, a tradition, a trend, a uh, penchant for uh -huh. penchant. considering themselves above the law. Oh, and sure. that's certainly a motivating factor behind trying to get the subpoenas quashed. And, uh, you know, I mean, if they had nothing to hide, <laughs> they certainly yeah. would right. comply with the subpoenas right off well, the that's, bat, that's, right? Well, that's of, what Trump said. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Trump at one point said that. But they're not doing that. And so my initial reaction was, oh, yeah, these con artists think they're above the law, uh, as usual. This is what they do. In that respect, I, I think that still stands while at the same time, uh, what you said about uh, that being a legal maneuver that you can take in the uh, in the face of a subpoena, that's also valid as well. It's just that the uh, the Trumps often avail themselves, in fact, invariably avail themselves of uh, of those things. I know, I know, but my, my progressive brothers and sisters, uh, some of them often get extremely indignant. Like, why weren't they arrested? Why? Well, because it's a civil case, not that's, a criminal case. That's yeah, why. Yeah. Yeah. The body that's being investigated by Letitia James is the Trump Organization, and mm. you can't throw the Trump Organization you can't imprison a and, corporation. And it's the Manhattan DA who's looking yeah. at the criminal case. And so this is uh, also an attorney general who has taken down the Trump Foundation. Uh, she's taken down Trump University. I think we shouldn't worry about whether or not they're going to, uh, the Trumps are going to walk between the raindrops on this one. They're not going to make mm -hmm. it. Trump Agreed. organization is going down. She's got them dead to rights. And then there's Cy Vance, or now the replacement for Cy Vance in New York City, where I think we're going to see the first real criminal indictment of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. I think that's it's where it's going to happen. It's either going to be in New York City or it's going to be in Georgia. And Letitia James' attempt, and perhaps successful attempt, to get testimony from Donald and Ivanka uh, and Don Jr., uh, nobody wants to talk to Eric. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, her attempts to get uh, that testimony, yeah. uh, like I said, if they refuse ultimately to testify, uh, that can work uh, against them, you know, at her level. She can mm -hmm. turn to criminal charges. If they agree to testify, anything they say can be held against them in the investigations Bob just mentioned in New York yeah. and Georgia. Yeah. So uh, these are all good things. Please learn to accept good news and, and when you can, try to read up, a, even if it's just out of a newspaper, a little bit about the law so you know what you're reacting to. Because we're, we're, we're getting butthurt too often over things we don't entirely understand. Yeah. I understand why we're prone to do that. Mm -hmm. Believe me, I understand why we tend to jump to that. But uh, it's an ugly look. Yeah. But suffice to say, I understand being disillusioned. At this point, I would yes. put myself way in the upper echelon of people who are disillusioned right now with the system and the American people and our response to COVID and our response to uh, democracy being under threat. I'm very, I'm a disillusioned man, Buzz. I'm, I'm, I'm disillusioned <laughs> and yet hopeful. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. disillusioned by a lot of what I see around me and I am hopeful by a, a lot of what I see around me. So yeah. I try to, I, I think it's, I think you can have both. I think maybe you should have both. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that a police song? Disillusioned man. No, it was demolition I, man is the <laughs> police right. song. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, meantime, the House committee, uh, the Jan 6 committee, uh, yes. said it has firsthand testimony. Firsthand, and this is a direct quote, firsthand testimony that Ivanka twice asked Donald Trump to intervene as his supporters stormed the Capitol. At least twice. Yeah. According this, to Liz Cheney, at least twice. Yeah. Exactly. She said uh, Ivanka went in at least twice, as you said, to ask mm -hmm. Trump to, quote, please stop this violence. Trump was in the dining room near the Oval Office just watching it happen. Testimony is evidence, by the way. Yeah. It's 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 as good, uh, well, it's nearly as good as physical evidence. Yeah. And believe me, the committee's getting that too. Mm -hmm. But but this is very good evidence. Uh, and uh, why is it important? Because it, it shows that Trump was given not only the opportunity, but the invitation 
to do something to mm-hmm. try to stop the violence and that he declined on both of the not once but twice well uh, this again opens uh, up cr- for criminal charges and i want to add to the optimism here if i can by saying of the 725 peons who who <laughs> invaded the capital uh, who have been charged of the 725 people who've been charged mm-hmm. most of them have been charged with disrupting an official proceeding which yeah. is a felony yep Trump, this is an indication that Trump may well and certainly could be hit with that same felony charge. Yeah. We're just getting started here. It's a slow process. The wheels turn slowly. And just, I agree that justice delayed is justice denied. But we, it's also unfair and maybe a bit ignorant to uh, assume that nothing is happening or to mm-hmm. declare that nothing is happening and that nothing is going to happen. That's uh that's that's a very tainted naivete. Yeah, and rumor has it that Donald Trump himself is really pissed off at Ivanka yeah. for uh, spilling the beans like this. Yeah, well, you know, these guys uh, think they're in the mafia. They've got that ridiculous mafia what? omerta thing, and Ivanka uh, clearly violated that, and that pisses <laughs> well, off Trump, yeah. Speaking of memes, I love the one that's a photograph. They do it in black and white of Trump and Ivanka, and <laughs> she says, uh, Daddy, we're going to prison, and he says, uh, you are sweetheart, but not me, or words to that effect. <laughs> and, and I think we're about to see that. The other encouraging thing I want to talk about uh, this week, or at least mention, yeah. is the division uh, among the Red Hats. Uh, uh, they don't, some of them still trust Mike Flynn, but mostly they don't. He was kind of their leader mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah. Uh, they have, a lot of them are, are pissed off at Trump for backing, uh, vaccinations now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're fighting among themselves. They're eating their own. Uh, they are not happy with each other. This is very, very good news for us. Yeah. Uh, the, the Q structure is crumbling in that they are fighting with one another and their heroes have fallen. Q has vanished. Trump has vanished uh, from from their wor- from their world uh, publicly. Trump has vanished not only from the White House, yay, yeah. but also from Twitter, double yay. Uh, you know, he's he's still the leader of the Republican Party, but not really. Mm-hmm. And and I, I see more and more drifting away from him, especially with him supporting vaccines and getting into fights with Republicans and that sort of thing. I, I I I think this will end well for us, especially if we exploit it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, along those lines, Alex Jones is in particularly pissed off at uh, yes. Do- Donald Trump yes. over his remarks to Candace Owens about the vaccine uh, exactly. during the break. And this is one of my favorite things from the break, and we're going to play that tape in just a couple of seconds. Cool. But first, today's show, uh, as usual, is sponsored by BetterHelp. If there's something interfering with your happiness, maybe you're uh, upset over the holidays, you've had a traumatic holidays with COVID, and you're dealing with your family, something that's preventing you from achieving your goals even, well, don't sweat it. I've got the solution for you. It's better help. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely on the internet. You can log into your account anytime you want. You can send a message to your therapist. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. And good news, financial aid is also available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You can visit BetterHelp at BetterHelp.com slash Seska. Make sure to include the Seska part at the end. That's betterhelp.com slash C-E-S-C-A. Link in the description under this episode. And join the over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Here's your special offer for Bob Seska Show listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Seska. That's betterhelp.com slash Seska, and we thank you. The Bob Seska Show.
uh, my uh, favorite album so far of 2022. This is Cersei Link and her husband, Christian Nesmith, ah. son of the great Mike Nesmith. All right. Yeah, and the song is called Architecture from their new album. It's called Cosmologica. If you love prog rock like I do, this album is a must-have. I've been listening to this thing on loop for like the last 48 hours. So, my God, go to CerseLink.com and download this album as quickly as you possibly can. I've got a link in the description under this episode at BobSeska.com to support Cersei Link and all of our independent recording artists here on the show. All right. Yeah, the the fun thing about uh, Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith is they're all part of this uh, almost collective of musicians in Southern California. There's Cersei Link, there's Christian Nesmith, as I said, the, the son of the late uh, Mike Nesmith. Plus, there's uh, one of our indie uh, recording artists that we've been playing forever now, Paul Melanson. He's cool. part of that group. Robbie Rist, who's right. TV's Oliver from the Brady Bunch, he's part of the group. Plus, uh, there's Jody Hamilton. I, I think uh, those of you know Jody Hamilton from such shows as this one. Uh, and her husband, Lonnie Paul, plus Mickey Dolenz is part of this whole collective of people. Wow. Uh, Billy Sherwood and his late brother, Michael, were also linked up there to uh, to all of these musicians. And so, oh, by the way, if you want to submit your music, we're playing normal music now. We're, we're done with the Christmas music for now. And uh, you just go to bobseska.com slash music to submit. All right. Best indie music in town. Yes, absolutely. And, oh God, this album's so good. All right. Yeah, it is. Uh, so as we were mentioning before the break, uh, there is some infighting going on, and I love when this happens. I oh, love yeah. when they uh, start to go after each other. That's like Eating the end stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Buzz, it's a lot like uh, if you've spent any time at all over the, bla- the past uh, 20, 25 years, in a discussion forum, what happens is a little society builds up, a little virtual society, and then eventually, once it gets popular enough, all the members of the little uh, discussion forum society start to get into flame wars against each other. They factionalize, right. and then they start to attack each other. Whether You get uh, participants who do the goodbye cruel world thing where they go, yeah. all right, I'm leaving this discussion forum, and I hate all of you. Bye, bye. And then they I, go away, and then they, and, then they, and then they wait, and then they come back, and they go, is anyone talking about me now? Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of and a you bunch know of what bullshit. It, yeah. This is a, a lot of this is fueled by competition. Uh, a lot of these folks uh, fancy themselves content providers, yeah. and uh, they're competing for clicks and for dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that becomes a, a doggy dog world in itself. Yeah. So the very greed that uh, created this forum for right wing lunacy. Uh, the the very greed that was the basis for that is mm-hmm. the very greed that seems to be doing them in. Yeah, and what set this uh, particular flame war off was Donald Trump uh, appearing. I I believe it was on initially Fox News, and then maybe again with Candace Owens in a one on one interview for one of these fucked up platforms. And uh, Donald Trump admitting that he's taken the vaccine, he's gotten boosted and all the rest of it, and he recommended people that do that. Of course, he yeah. stopped short at having requirements, mandates for of vaccines. Right. But he still said, well, this is good. I mean, I developed this, and he wants to take credit for Operation Warp Speed and the initial development of the uh, mRNA vaccines during uh, 2020. Of course, none of it had to do with him. He just said, okay, we're going to let the FDA fast-track these things. That was the extent of Trump's participation. But at the same time, he wants everyone to think that he was there with a lab coat and beakers and Bunsen burners and he made the the vaccines himself. That's what he wants his people to think. So needless to say, Alex Jones was not happy with Donald Trump declaring his affection for the vaccines. Now, before we play the new clip, there is a previous clip of Alex Jones ranting about Trump and the vaccines. This is from months ago. So this isn't anything new it's just a renewed attack. So here, just by way of history, here's a little bit of Alex Jones from, I don't know, like six months ago. Let's take President Trump, Ugh. who I believe is a good person <laughs> and who I really care about and who I want to see get a lot of good Republicans elected in the midterms and who I would love to see run again. But uh, what he says about vaccines is full of shit. I mean, this is just, uh, no wonder steam is shooting out of the ears of all the red hats. No wonder they're going indiscriminately bonkers. It's the American nervous breakdown because they're being told two things, maybe even sometimes in yes. the same sentence. Oh, yeah. 
So, and, yeah. and not just about COVID, but a lot of things, which goes to the division of these folks now. The That's division right. among them, what we're so excited about. Right. But yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, needs to say, he continues on to say that uh, Trump is full of shit about the vaccine. So here's the new clip. This is from this last is week. And this is more like, almost like a scripted statement. Like he had all of this written down. He's like, okay, now I'm going to deliver my official reaction to Donald Trump telling Candace Owens that he loves the vaccines. This is an emergency Christmas Day warning to <laughs> President Trump. You are either completely ignorant about the so-called vaccine gene therapy that you helped ram through with Operation Warp Speed, or you're one of the most evil men who has ever lived. I'm going with two. <laughs> I think one of the most evil men who ever lived. Finally, uh, Alex Jones sees the light. I, huh? I choose three, all of the above. <laughs> to push this toxic poison on the public and to attack your constituents when they simply try to save their lives and the lives of others. We're about to lay out the basic incontrovertible facts that what you told Candace Owens just a few days ago is nothing but a raft of dirty lies. I got the documents right here. You see, I, I got all the documents proving that it is a raft of dirty lies. And by the way, Donald Trump turned the friggin' frogs gay. I uh, thought you were going to play the clip. There's one of him just sputtering, sputtering mad at Trump. And <laughs> it's like, you know, Alex Jones has always been crazy. He's always been a screaming lunatic. Nothing yeah. new about that. But he was just sputtering. He was beside himself. Uh, beside him, beside his usual self. Oh yeah, uh, and, and and just went completely off the rails. I mean, yeah. his head. I thought his head really would explode. Yeah, he was pounding his fist on the desk, just yes. going, "Damn it, damn it!" It's like, well, God, damn. Yeah. wow. Well said. Wow. He's so articulate. Thank you, cocaine. Thank you for uh, <laughs> an amazing clip of Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, suffice to say, they're not happy with all of that, and I, I wonder. Sometimes I wonder whether or not Alex Jones's audience believes him or whether they listen to him for, for entertainment. entertainment. Yeah. I think both, yeah. some of them some of them do. Some of them listen to Alex Jones just because they know he's full of shit. Like I always remember Buzz when Chez and I had Dan Badondi on the show uh back in 2015 <laughs> and Dan is, of course it was yeah. <laughs> Dan was a kind of mutant sidekick of uh, Alex Jones. Right. And when we had Dan on, he had his uh, quote-unquote producer or his buddy behind him. And as we were picking apart Dan Badandi to Dan Badandi's face, his part, his friend was in the background laughing, but not laughing at us, laughing at Dan or laughing at yeah. what we were saying about Dan as if to go, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Bullies. You, you, guys are, you guys are on the spot. Thank you. Thank you for saying what I wanted to say for all this time. So I think some of Alex Jones's listeners are like that. That's not to downplay the, the threat I, of disinformation but, coming from Alex Jones. But, but you the know. part of that that's real uh, yeah. is the fact that these guys know and manipulate from Rush Limbaugh through Alex Jones and all the idiots in between all know that the key to their popularity is expressing the anger their listeners, potential listeners, feel. Yeah, yeah. And so whether it's ha-ha funny to you or you watch for entertainment or you watch because you agree with him, because you, you think you can learn things from him, um, you know, he's he's just nuts. He's you know he's just clearly mm -hmm. nuts, and and uh, but at the same time, he's knowingly capitalizing on the anger that he knows is out there. I, I'm not sure I still understand that anger, mm -hmm. but I but I know it is the fuel to their fire, uh, and and these guys know it too. And uh, from Limbaugh on down, have learned to capitalize on it. What I don't understand is, and again, I'm I know it's Chinatown. There's no explaining any of this shit. What I don't understand is why the vaccine is bad, why big pharma developing the vaccines are bad, but at the same time, like uh, Joe Rogan when he got COVID, why he went out and got everything big pharma had to offer. The entire, uh, the entire grocery list of right. things from Regeneron to uh, Ivermectin and everything in between. All of the crap that you can get as therapeutics once you get it, 
Joe Rogan was pumping that shit into his body. But the vaccine is a step too far. That's right. what I don't understand. I don't understand how they can justify that and how anyone listening in goes, yeah, that makes total sense. I completely understand what he's talking about. And meanwhile, about. he's washing down Viagra with a Red Bull. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Jesus. I don't know. It's the the bro science confounds me sometimes. We're just it, like it's, avoid it's, big it, pharma but then take all the big pharma you want if you test positive. How how does any republican theme uh, happen? Well, it, it because somebody starts it and yeah, yeah. Uh, they they all do tend to stay on script more than Democrats do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if one says it, another says it, another says it, and they keep repeating it because they know that repeating it helps it catch on. Yeah. And uh, ignorant people, people who are angry, mm-hmm. uh, latch onto these things. And so it becomes, to them, uh, conventional wisdom that uh, the vaccine is no good because somebody somewhere, uh, some red hat, uh, end up, you know, freedom-loving Republican uh, decided that uh, you know nobody's going to tell me what to do. And there's yeah, a lot of that yeah. out. I mean, you, all you have to do, even when the roads are clear and dry, uh, all you have to do is look around at your other motorists and know that it's all about them. There are so many things that are confounding me right now when it comes to COVID, and it mostly has to do with our inability to grasp what it even does. I mean, it's remarkable. We're almost two years into this, and there are still people going around and going, hey, you know what? The serious infection thing is way down, so hey, do whatever the hell you want. That is such limited, such bullshit uh, rationalization of being an irresponsible bastard. It doesn't make you a sick if you've been vaccinated. It will continue to kill those who aren't. Yeah. I'm having less of a problem with that as time passes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it, it, it that's the fault. What you just cited is, I, I'm afraid, is the fault of the medical establishment and uh, the government aspect of that. Mm-hmm. Because uh, reading this today, and I, I believe this to be absolutely true, the focus has been on, on the respiratory. Uh, you know, oh, this can mess up your lung. No, you know what? It's a blood disease. It gets into your blood. It can yeah. damage your heart, your yeah. liver, your lungs, yeah. your brain, uh, your brain, and it has destroyed brains. Uh, about a third of the people who recover from COVID uh, have these long-term symptoms. Mm-hmm. One in three yeah. has these long-term symptoms that are never discussed. Yeah, uh, Symptoms we're going to be paying for through our healthcare system in future years. But there's this sort of feeling of, uh, you know, it's like the uh, the comet headed for Earth and don't look up. Uh, it, it would be like the scientist saying, well, it's not a very bad comet. Yeah, you right. Know? It's not. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and and so that that's where we are. So I, I think that's the fault of uh, the government medical establishment and the uh, private medical establishment for not focusing more on the damage it does to our bodies, mm-hmm. not... It, it's not just a matter of, oh, well, you'll get sick for a little while and then you'll be better uh, if you've been vaccinated. No, even if you've been vaccinated, if you get it, you could still get these long-term symptoms. It's less likely, but it it still happens. Part of living in a society is that we at least tacitly agree to make decisions not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of the broader society, the macro decisions. Yeah. yeah, it used to be. But now it seems like, well, if you don't get seriously sick, then you don't have to worry about COVID. Don't sweat it. You can go out and do whatever the fuck you want. But that's not the thing with this. It's not the end-all, be-all of COVID. What COVID is is a societal problem spanning the globe. The more we keep this virus alive by continuing to be irresponsible, the more it affects the broader society. So you end up with situations like you mentioned, Buzz, where hospitals are overwhelmed. There are people, we're reading stories about people not being able to get kidney transplants and other vital medical care, life-saving medical care, because hospitals are overwhelmed with COVID cases. People don't get that. People aren't hearing that. They don't get it. And so many red hats have tuned out of the news entirely. In fact, a lot of a lot of uh, so-called Democrats have tuned out too because they're just tired of hearing it. Yep. And uh, this is couldn't couldn't be a more dangerous scenario. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing I'm not optimistic about is uh, ever getting that back. As George Hahn has pointed out numerous times, this is about me. Uh, and and everything is about and that's that's as as we learned in the movie uh, that's not just among republicans and conservatives mm-hmm. uh, 
all of us are a little guilty of, of focusing more on the me and less on the, and it didn't, I mean, there's always been some of that, but it, it was never this pervasive Yeah, uh, where uh, the bulk of society uh, paid only attention to themselves and not to the presence, existence, rights, or desires of other people. Mm -hmm. And that's how we get along in a civilized society. Mm -hmm. I'm not real optimistic we can get that back. How would I address it? Well, with parenting classes, uh, with with uh, changes in education, to try to raise generations of young people who understand the value of community and of your responsibilities in it. We, we need to be teaching more specific responsibilities in school yeah. as a citizen, uh, as a human being. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Republicans will call that indoctrination. No, I, I call it uh, trying to make a better humanity. Well, before we take another break, let's do this. Yes. Corp corpse of the week. We have uh, is. several several corpses of the week uh, this week. Uh, one who's not a corpse but is, uh, you know, tes testing positive. Uh, certainly a candidate. It's, a, it's an honor to be nominated. That's exactly right. Well, first, Dutch economist, vaccine skeptic, and anti-lockdown campaigner Robin Fransman, uh, who was one of the initiators of a controversial plan to reopen the Netherlands earlier in the coronavirus pandemic, has died in a hospital of COVID-19, of course. Wow. Uh, so farewell to uh, Robin Fransman. Thanks for fucking everyone over before you died yourself. Uh, number two, Lieutenant Governor of Texas, Dan Patrick, oh. who has made many bizarre statements regarding dealing with COVID, has tested positive for COVID-19. Well, I wonder how that happened. <laughs> no shit. Uh, our, uh, well, uh, my girlfriend. I almost said our girlfriend for some reason. Uh, that would be wrong. That would well, be very, very uh, wrong. Yeah, is I'm it not, wrong? I'm, is it really wrong? I'm Bob? not sharing, I swear to God. <laughs> Kimberly Johnson, my girlfriend and the host of the Start Me Up podcast, <laughs> tweeted, uh, Dan Patrick said in 2020 that grandparents should get COVID and sacrifice their lives to save the economy. Yes, that's yeah, right. That was a real that's thing. Right. Yeah, I remember He's that one. swell guy. And finally, uh, one more just in today, uh, someone named Kelly Earnby. She's a former Orange County GOP State Assembly candidate and deputy DA, uh, has died of COVID. She's a political newcomer who ran for an Orange County State Assembly seat two years ago as a Republican, uh, died of COVID-19. In addition to political activism, she worked for 10 years as an OC deputy district attorney. She has died you, of this. If yeah. you believe in heaven or some kind of an afterlife, I guarantee uh, that none of these three people will ever run into Betty White. <laughs> I guarantee it. And, and I will never not be uncomfortable doing the Corpse of the Week segment. <laughs> That's just a little bit of <laughs> but, honesty for me. Yeah, well, yeah. you know what? Yeah, uh, this is terrible. I don't, I don't even know how I should say this, but uh, well, you can decide whether to edit it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm having less of a problem with people who are not vaccinated uh, leaving us. Uh, it's one less voice in that chorus. Yeah, and. Yeah. Right now, that chorus is working against us. I It's hard. I mean, the loss of any human life is a horrible thing. I know mm -hmm. that. You yeah. know, I that's that's my day-to-day, -day, you know, go-to. But, uh, you know, they, they ask for it. They they It's like intentionally walking out. It's like suicide, really. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I have a hard time with that. Well, it's not just anyone. We're not making fun of people who... No, blankly died of COVID. Ever. What we're talking about here are people, Assholes. and this is how I justify it. We're talking about people who uh, spread disinformation about the pandemic, leading to the deaths of other people, the illnesses, the loss of work, the deaths of other citizens because of their irresponsibility. They were willing to take the risk. Yeah. They're now uh, facing the consequences. We did not hand them those consequences. That's just science. Yeah. Well, speaking of the aforementioned Kimberly John. Johnson. Every Friday, yes. uh, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth Bob Seska Show podcast for the week. But this one is totally different from the usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. The Friday After Party podcast is loaded with all the politics you crave, while also including <laughs> uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, our, our filthy, filthy personal lives. And all the stuff we can't get away with see, on the free show. Yeah. See, because she is our girlfriend, I really <laughs> no. should be on that show. 
<laughs> so please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party for just 10 bucks per month. And bonus, you're also going to get two Shadow Docket shows every week included in that level of support. That's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you. Bob Seska. Oh yeah, the metal birds. Yeah, if you're into 80s metal, yeah. Oh my god, you got to get this uh, this brand new single by the Metal Birds. It's called Impossible. It's the Brian Webster mix of that song. Jeez, god, I love these women. Yeah, my kind of stuff. This is what I, I signed up for when it came to I, the indie music, yeah. Actually, I'm I've not uh, traditionally been a huge fan of metal, with some exceptions. But uh, that song did not strike me as metal. It struck me as good old rock and roll. Yeah, I well, really. But I love it. The Metal Birds. That's birds with a Y in there. Dot uh, com. Link in the description at bobseska.com under this episode. So my God, go and support the Metal Birds. Uh, just incredible work. We've played some of their songs in the past here, and uh, certainly we're going to be playing more into the future. I, I could hear that again. Absolutely. All right. So. Moving along here in our uh, final segment of our first show of 2022, looks like ultimately, Buzz, the Republican Party, and I'm not breaking any news when I say this, uh, the Republican Party has officially become the anti-vaxxer party. Oh, yeah. And it's not just COVID. It's all vaccines. I mean, Ted Cruz yesterday. More and more. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ted Cruz yesterday tweeted, there should be no vaccine mandates, period. These decisions are for parents to make, not bureaucrats. So say hello to the smallpox, red states. Say Bring hello out your to dad. Yeah. Bring out your dad. Good God. I mean, huh. diphtheria, tetanus, it's all going to be running rampant in uh, the red states. And what's the most frustrating thing about this? Is that when that kind of shit goes down, when like there's a smallpox epidemic in Texas or some shit, the Republicans like Ted Cruz are going to go, that's the Democrats fault. It's the the radical left Democrats and that and that. They didn't do the thing. It's it's like Texas governor uh, speaking about uh, Biden's vaccine mandates and fighting them in court. Mm -hmm. And uh, an hour later uh, asking Biden administration for help with the pandemic. Mm. Uh, This is this is your Republican Party, kids. Absolutely shameless. Um, Build Back Better is still alive, apparently. They're still working. The White House still working with Joe Manchin to try to f- cut out some way forward that Joe Manchin will support Build Back Better. Meantime, there's apparently supposed to be a vote on uh, changes to the filibuster rules by January 17th. If Republicans continue to block the uh, voting rights. Yeah, uh, Chuck Schumer has said that on or before uh, January 17th, which is Martin Luther King Day this year, uh, there will be a vote uh, in the Senate on uh, the Voting Rights Act. Yeah. Uh, Now, that means uh, the Democrats have uh, a limited time to either come up with enough votes and Manchin and Sinema are once again standing in the way. Or to change the rules and and maybe pick up a couple of Republican votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it certainly uh, Kamala Harris would be there to break the tie. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, obviously they're going to have to have some kind of cutout for the filibuster. I, there was never any hope with the, the lawmakers we have presently. There was never any hope of of eliminating the filibuster. Uh, so uh, the talk turned to well, what about making an exception, as we do in other cases. And uh, so that's the angle they're working now. Uh, but again, Cinema uh, and Mansion stand in the way of this. Uh, but uh, Schumer is, I think, committed to either getting voting rights passed uh, on or before the seventeenth, or humiliating Mansion, Cinema, and the Republicans in the process. Yeah, and there's a lot of anticipation over the concept of a talking filibuster being yes. implemented. Yes, big talk now. Which would not only be a great development as far yep. as possibly getting voting rights passed, possibly getting other legislation passed through the Senate, but also the 
spectacle of a talking filibuster would be entertaining because this would be not just Ted Cruz reading the cat in the hat on the Senate floor. This would be something that would have to continue until the Senate was set to adjourn. And so you would have to have a talking filibuster that could last days, if not weeks at a time. They would have to stand up there and talk. In order to block a piece of legislation, and, they would have to sit and, up there and talk and for all that subject. time. And stay, stay on and subject. Stay yeah. on subject, too. And yeah. uh, the odds of that happening are, are I think, extremely yeah. remote. So right. you may have something that comes up that really pisses off the Republicans to the point where they do engage in a standing filibuster. But I think most of the time, the result of implementing a, a standing talking filibuster is that they would say, ah, fuck it, it's not worth it. To, to understand this better, I highly recommend going back and seeing the uh, the Jimmy Stewart movie, uh, Mr. Yeah. Smith Goes to Washington, <laughs> right. because that will show you exactly how that goes. Yeah. And uh, it's very educational and entertaining, and it will give you an idea. It will illustrate Bob's point, uh, the mm-hmm. one he just made, about uh, it will be nearly impossible for them to maintain this for any length of time. Well, before I talk about this next thing uh, regarding gerrymandering, I want to preface with my standard uh, warning to all of you. Don't get happy. Don't get, please, my (laughs) God, you still have to activate. You still have to work your ass off. You still have to get people registered to vote. You still have to drive them to the polling place. I'm talking about Democrats, too. Get Democrats registered to vote. Drive them to the polling place. Work your ass off because the midterms are not (laughs) anywhere close to being in the bag. We're going to have to work our asses off in order to maintain Congress. But that being said, gerrymandering might actually favor the Democrats, all told. Uh, they've done a little of their own, and there are yeah. some ways where that can absolutely happen. So yeah. we can only hope, since that's one of the things that's been used against us. So mm-hmm. Well, the new House map is more than half finished, according to New York Magazine. In many states where maps haven't been finalized, the broad outlines are already visible. Taken together, the emerging picture is far more favorable for Democrats than most anticipated. As of, as of this writing... It looks like the new House map will be much less biased in the GOP's favor than the old one. That's the current map. And according to at least one analyst, there is actually an outside chance that the final map will be tilted ever so slightly in the Democrats' favor. Now, that's great news for the midterms, right? Yes. But you know what? This is also great news for eliminating the gerrymandering. And the way that happens is if the uh, upshot of this round of gerrymandering favors the Democrats, uh-huh. you're going to actually be able to get some Republicans on board with repealing gerrymandering as right. an actual oh, thing. Especially, especially California Republicans where yeah. they have, uh, in fact, been gerrymandered uh, and they don't like it. They're not happy about it one bit. They'd love to see gerrymandering go away. So yeah. there, there is not universal support in the Republican Party for uh, sticking to the gerrymandering that's been done as it's been done in recent decades. So to me, giving the Democrats an advantage on gerrymandering is a great time to sell the repeal, sell the ban on gerrymandering, where you can definitely mm-hmm. get Republicans on board with supporting that thing because the Democrats hold the advantage. It's by saying, see how this hurts you. This is all going to work out, I think, ultimately, to uh, get us one step closer to banning gerrymandering. And that's going to be a positive outcome across the board. You ban gerrymandering, and the advantage automatically goes to the Democrats. But shh. Don't say that in public. <laughs> Don't talk <laughs> well, about it's, that. It's, it's very good news, and you make an excellent point, uh, yeah. that we can, in fact, use this information to uh, persuade any Democrat, any Republicans who are on the fence about this. Like I said, mm-hmm. uh, California Republicans, I'm sure, would be on board with eliminating gerrymandering. Yeah. Uh, I, I suspect that's the case in other Democratic states. Uh, so it, it will be interesting to see if uh, enough support can be drummed up between uh, the majority of Democrats and a plurality of Republicans mm-hmm. to uh, to actually make that happen. That's uh, it is an excellent development indeed, and more good news we had for you today. Yeah, I think we had quite a bit of good news today, and I'm uh, thinking I'm going to take that as a positive sign for 22. Obviously, as I said earlier, I am disillusionment man, and disillusionment man says. 
shit. We still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. We gotta, oh, and we got rid of Devin Nunez. I mean, it's yeah. just, things are going well. Things yeah. are going well. Devin Nunez is uh, running off to uh, join the Titanic. To a, he's, uh, he's, he's Exactly. He's moved from Congress to a dead-end job. Wait. <laughs> That's right. Devin Nunez has been suckered into driving Donald Trump's new uh, social media company into the ground. And he's going to be the scapegoat. He's going to be the guy that nobody, all of the Trump supporters blame for ruining their company. Nope, that, <laughs> nobody nobody can run it into the ground better, Bob, than Devin Nunes. <laughs> That's right. So Devin Nunes, as I explained to John Fugelsang a few weeks ago, you know, you know, you're a kid, you're playing baseball in the backyard, and the ball goes into the pricker bushes. There's always that one kid who you sucker into going into uh, plowing into the pricker bushes and getting the ball. Right? Well, that's Devin Nunes. Devin Nunes is the guy Donald Trump orders to go in and get the ball from the pricker bushes. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, and Devin Nunes is walking right into it. He's like, okay, okay, boss, whatever you say. Oh, you <laughs> suckers. Yeah, complete sucker, yeah. Exactly right. Well, lots more to talk about coming up on the Shadow Docket on our Patreon page. If you're listening right now, and I don't know why you wouldn't be. You are. Everyone's listening. Uh, you've only heard the first two-thirds of the show. Uh, the the last third, the final act of every Tuesday and, and Thursday show happens on our Patreon page. We call it the Shadow Docket. $5 a month to sign up. You get two Shadow Docket shows every week after the Tuesday show and after the Thursday show. When this music keeps, uh, when this music is finished playing, we keep on talking. And then we post it on our Patreon page, and it's got all kinds of great stuff that you're not going to hear on the free show. Of course, it's got all the shit that we didn't get to on the free show, but then there's a lot more uh, secret private stuff there's, that happens sometimes. More. Yeah, not every, not every single show, but when it happens, oh my God, you're going to want to be listening. Uh, this time around, today we're going to be talking about uh, something that I noticed that made me a little disappointed in Reuters after having a uh, Reuters editor on, on my show a few weeks ago. So Reuters did something that I was kind of going, yeah, why? Why did they cover this? This is the this is the this is the problem I've been talking about. Uh, that and a lot more coming up on the Shadow Docket. See you over there, folks. Bye bye. Happy New Year.